Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Today we're talking about time management. Now you might start laughing if you know me, I'm not really known for being a great time manager. I first wrote this article for the Joyful Life, Joyful Life magazine premiere issue back in 2018. I don't know if I've gotten any better at time management since that time, but I wrote the article tongue-in-cheek, but I did call it working smarter, not harder, and I love these tips, and maybe I'm giving them to you today so that I can be reminded to do them as well. I am not a time management guru. There are many, and I will give you some names of those if you are serious about taking more control of your time. But sometimes people listen to you better when they know that when they know that you failed at something as well. Uh, some might say I'm the opposite of a time management person or like a flake. I collect cute notepads with feverish determination and with equally cute coordinating pens. I write a to-do list only to lose it or forget I even wrote it. That's the scary part. It's a wonder I find my place in line or keep milk in the refrigerator. Last January, did you write uh, New Year's resolutions? Perhaps you resolve each new year. I will get more done. I must get more done. And yet your New Year's resolutions Record is slow to none, and you wonder, will I ever learn to manage my time better? If that's you, let me encourage you with some tried and true tips, which help me. As Claire Ortiz-Diaz says, work smarter and better, not necessarily harder. She is someone you should follow if you are serious about it. I'm still learning, but each time I put one of these into practice, I feel like I'm not only... Uh, progressing, but that I'm living the way God intended, with less stress, more peace, and more productivity, all for Him and His kingdom work. I mean, that's what our legacy is, right? Building into people and building into God and His Word. Step one, know yourself. Are you a stick-to-the-rules person or a go-with-the-flow person? Once you understand and accept how God made you, make adjustments as needed. Now, I'm a spontaneous person. I know that, and God uses that. Distracting shiny objects and squirrel is a real deal for me. So if I'm to meet a deadline, I need to put artificial blinders in place until the job is done. I've just decided I would write another book, which is kind of a hard thing to do. I know this because I've written four. But I need to put blinders on if I decide I'm going to write two hours a day or if I'm going to try to write a chapter a day. That means I can't be distracted by other things. Step two, review your week to come at the beginning of the week. Choose Saturday or Sunday to do this review. Choose paper or phone to write appointments and obligations and non-negotiables. When my mentor texts me, when can you meet? I offer her choices from parameters already set in place by doctor's appointments, teacher meetings, and exercise classes. So set your parameters at the beginning of the week, and then you'll know what you can fit in spontaneously. Step three, shorten your to-do list. This is such a relief. Put just three things on the top. 
draw a line and then add any others. Every time you're interrupted, go back and work on one of those three things. At the end of the day, you'll feel good that you can at least cross off three. Yay for me, I crossed off three. Can become your new mantra and celebrate with a latte or something fun. Step four, ask the family what they need from you from that week. A uniform pressed for a sports activity, a ride to practice, a birthday gift bought and wrapped, stamps or time alone with just you. As women, we can feel splayed and unproductive because so many need us so much of the time. Of course, they will forget to tell us some things. You just have to give them grace. We will still get interrupted. Grace does need to flow a lot, no matter what. But it's good to ask on a Sunday night, anything you need from me this coming week, I'll put it on my list. Step five, schedule jobs in batches. This is a favorite. You know, we pride ourselves on multitasking, but multitasking is overrated. I waste time moving from task to task. Even batching a job for 30 minutes at a time makes me feel like I've accomplished something, and isn't that such a good feeling? My week may include two-hour blocks for writing, or cleaning, or inviting, or meal planning, or baking. Or I may schedule a whole day for blogging and scheduling. Another for writing talks, another for marketing or hosting. List what you need to do and block and batch it, and you'll get more done. Step six, housework isn't going away unless you're a millionaire. I clean house in small batches with a batch of cookies in mind, one cookie awarded for each chore. It doesn't have to be cookies. I'm sort of kidding, but you get the idea. I reward myself with 15-minute increments of something I love, like reading or writing a letter. I hired an eight-year-old neighbor girl to dust and polish, clean sinks and windows, for $5 an hour. It's just a little bit, but some cleaning gets done and I feel like I'm mentoring. I teach some life skills and she gets spending money and her mom appreciates it, a little break. Step seven, keep your phone off during your quiet time, during the dinner table, during your walks. Interruptions hinder productivity. Let people know you'll get back to them from 10 to 12 or whenever works for you. Schedule tasks that need quiet when the kids are out or not awake yet. My husband gets home at the stroke of five. I can count on it. I can do meal prep after he's home, but I can't blog or write because my office is also the family room and he needs to relax. I set my schedule accordingly and feel accomplished closing my computer when he walks in the door at the stroke of five, which he does and will in about 13 minutes. Step eight, learn the nuances of the sanctified no. You are talented and gifted and may be too willing to say yes when you need to say no, and you're kind as well. Make a list of five gracious no responses. I used one this week when someone asked me to host a candle party. That sounds like a blast, I said. I'm sorry it's not my thing. Good luck to you. That was a resounding but nice no to something not in my bandwidth or my interest. We can't live to please others all the time. 
In fact, we want to live to please God. I can end up hurting myself and those God has placed under my care when I forget it's okay to turn down an invitation to serve or to hang out. Step nine. A friend and life coach, Kathy Vick, offered this three-step um, plan. It's so great. That helps me streamline an overloaded day, week, or season of life. She said, implement one of the three Ds. Delegate often. Do what energizes you. Dump what you can. I'll say those again. Delegate often. Do what energizes you. Dump what you can. I'm currently doing an online course. I can't delegate or dump it, but I've learned that writing energizes me. So I fit writing in a little bit every day or at least every other day. Writing and mentoring bring joy and energy. So I keep one or the other on my list while I work on things that are harder to do. This tip goes back to number one, know yourself. If you can answer what gives me joy, And then put the answer to that question on your list, something that gives you joy every day, one thing, you will feel better about all the other things you checked off any given day and smile more in general, which we all need to do. Step 10, give each day to God. Maybe that's a given for a believer. I can surprise myself in the midst of chaos or angst that I've forgotten to give my day to the only wise God who not only knows what's going to happen, but loves me and emboldens me to follow his perfect will. I told some motivated high school girls recently that everything on their to-do list needs to go under one or the other of God's two commandments, love God, love others. We plan and work and do all things under the umbrella of love for God and love for the next person who shows up in our lives. When someone seems to interfere when our, with our day, kind of like an interruption, we're already surrendered to God. And so we can thank him that he's got it all under control, even though our list doesn't seem to be checked off very well. As the saying goes, what we see as God's interruptions are God, are, excuse me, what we see as interruptions are God's appointments. Since I messed that up, I'm going to say it again. What we view or see as interruptions, and we might get annoyed or irritated, are God's appointments because he's in charge of our day once we've given ourselves to him every day. Now, here's a bonus. I'd like you to choose a time management verse. Did you know that God's word has time management verses? My mentor likes to say that God is always on time. We are the ones with fast watches, and isn't that the truth? You and I can live confidently that we're doing what God wants us to do when we parenthesize our days, our days, every day, with God's Word. My favorite is Psalm 143.8. I discovered it in college. I read it over and over, and, and then it memorized me after I read it over and over and over. And I pray it before getting out of bed most mornings. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. I'll read that again. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. 
for I have put my trust in you. Do you see how it's a morning verse? It has to do with time. Show me the way I should go. That means all day long. For to you I entrust my life. That was Psalm 143.8. I'm going to give you some time management verses, and I will list them in the show notes, but I want to read them for you now. Just let them wash over your soul and your mind and your heart. And choose one of these time verses listed that I will list for you. Or find one that you love and say it and pray it like you mean it. You'll be glad you did. It may even become part of your New Year's resolution list next year. You'll be surprised how easy it will be to memorize it when all you do is read it day after day. Psalm 90, 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Ephesians 5, 15-17 Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And last, Psalm 92.1 and 2 It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. I like that one especially, too, because it's like a parenthesis for your day. In the morning, you proclaim His love, and at night, you proclaim and thank Him for His faithfulness. Psalm 92, 1 and 2. Do you see how each one of those has to do with how we use our time? So where are you on the time management spectrum? Do you feel like you manage your time well? Or do you wish at the end of every day you had worked harder or better? Is there a step from this list you can incorporate into your life today to enable you to make the most of the time God's given you? We all have the same 24 hours, and we want to live lives that count. That's why I talk about legacy on this podcast. Just because we make a list and check the boxes doesn't necessarily mean we live wisely and for God's glory. That's why at the top of any daily list is this, quiet time with God and coffee. The rest of my list may not get checked off, but I will know the main thing was accomplished, and that makes me a productivity expert rather than a flake. Let me know in comments what you thought of this podcast. Do you consider yourself an expert or a flake or somewhere in the middle? I hope you gained at least one step or tip from this to make your life and your day go better, more productive, and for God's glory. Have a wonderful day. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.